So I got an Erev Yom Kippur to everybody as we prepare for this overwrought, auspicious day that has so much meaning. I dedicate this um, to the memory of RBG. When I told my brother-in-law that her lying in state was a Kiddush Hashem, he went ballistic on me and said, what are you talking about? Lo Solin, she should have been buried right away. I said, but she doesn't, she's not a member of the Orthodox community. <laughs> Maybe there's a lucky precedences for, for the covet of the mace to delay the burial. And uh, certainly in this case, uh, it was covered on mace. No, 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 it's not. It's not. It's a terrible thing. And I wrote to the rabbi and he goes, this was the We've come to the lowest point. So I just want to register the fact that I thought that this, her lying in state and having a rabbi saying Tzedek, Tzedek, Tirdov was a huge Kiddush Hashem. It was the first time in Jewish history that someone Jewish is lying in state. I think that's a Kiddush Hashem. I think you have to see the, the bigger picture, not the halachic picture, and that there is uh, precedence for delaying a funeral if you want to get halachic on me. <laughs> but I think that there is one insight I want to share with you, and then I will get on to the shear. You people are brought up in America. I come from Europe. In Europe, there is a Christian tradition, and there are Jews in Europe. I never, ever heard the word Judeo-Christian, except when people were coming to the door to proselytize me from the Mormons and from the uh, clock tower people and the uh, evangelicals, then they talked about, but no one, no one in power mentioned the Judeo-Christian tradition. And I came to America and it seemed quite clear to me uh, that because so much of our constitution is based on the prophetic spirit of the Old Testament, that they embraced the idea in a very benign way uh, that we share a common heritage with our Christian brethren. In Europe, the Christians say to me, we are the true Israel. You're a relic. We are the true. They're, the Christianity is the true Judaism. It's the secessionism, the succession. But in America, there is this notion that there is a common tradition of justice and the pursuit of justice, and that's what she represented, the best of the Judeo-Christian tradition. So I, I do dedicate this in her memory. I think she did so much for women and for minorities and to explore the real meaning of what the Constitution meant to be alive. And in that sense, she was very informed by the rabbinic tradition. The rabbinic tradition that talks about Sedek and the ongoing, the importance of the ongoing need to, to struggle with the text of the Constitution. So as we come upon this holiest day, my darling twin sister wanted something inspiring. I'm, I'm not that kind. <laughs> I'm not that kind of... Uh... But I want to humorously engage you in a text that if I didn't tell you it was a Hasidic text, you would have thought this is Musa. So I'm going I'm to come to that at the end. That if I hadn't told you that this is the Kedushas Levi... Reb Levi Yitzhak of Berdichev, you would have said, oh, it's more Musa. But I want to end with that because I do want to start with this very enigmatic piece of Gemara in Yuma. And that says 
This is a kind of throwback. It's 400 years after the Churban. And he's telling us something about the Yakire Yerushalayim, the Hoipaloi, the great ones, the prominent men of Jerusalem at the time of the Beis Amikdash, at the time of the Kohen Gadol. They did not sleep the night before. Remember the halacha is brought in Yuma and in the Mishnah that the Kohen Gadol wouldn't sleep at night before the Avodah because he might have a seminal omission, which would then make him pasul uh, to participate in this most holy of ceremonies. So he stayed up all night. Well, these people also stayed up all night. Kadesha Yishma Kohen Gadol Kol so that the high priest would hear the sounds of the noise in the city of the learning and the sleep would not overcome in the silence of the sleeping city. Very nice. It's very nice of them. Very frum. They all sat up, stayed away in, in learning. And that notion of the Yakire Yerushalayim is brought down in the Halacha or Rechaim 619, that there is a custom to stay up most or all of the night of Yom Kippur and say to Hillam. Okay, now, Tanya, it was, a, it was brought in a b'risa, Abba Shaul Amar, Abba Shaul said, and even in Begvulin, in the outlying areas where the Kohen Godel would not hear them, they would stay awake in acknowledgement of the temple. However, in the Gvulin, Haya Osin Kain, Zechel Amikdash, Ela Shehayu Chotin, Gomorrah says, what? They're staying up all night on, er- on Yom Kippur night, just like the Yakire Yerushalayim. But Abishol said, I just, there's a slight difference here. <laughs> they sinned. What does that mean? Omar I'll tell you what happened. Targuma Naharda. I want you to interpret the statement regarding Naharda, the city on the banks of the Euphrates, that's the Gvulin, nowhere near Yerushalayim. It's not even in Israel. It's in Galut, it's in Bovel, where they are much better at learning than in Palestine. And what happened in Nahardoi? The Omele Eliyahu le Rav Yehuda Achva de Rav Salah. So Eliyahu, the prophet, said to Rav Yehuda, the brother of Salah Hasida, I think you're wondering why Mashiach hasn't come. Why hasn't the Mashiach come? Why do you think that's surprising? You know that today is Yom Kippur. He's telling him at night, the night before, where everyone's sitting up and learning. You know, tomorrow is Yom Kippur. And I just will fasten your seatbelts. And this is a Gemara. I'm not making this up. And yet tonight, a number of virgins were deflowered in the city of Nahardoi because the men and women stayed up all night and that led to promiscuity. So so he said to him, what did the Abishta say about those sins committed by the Jewish people? I mean, Eliyahu is telling him, I'll tell you why the Mashiach hasn't come, because there's hanky-panky going on on the holiest night of the year, implying there was this some kind of um, double standards going on here. On the one hand, we're going to sit up all night, and we're going to steig away, and we're going to get prepared so that the Kohen God will in concert, or Zechel Amikdash, where we're going to be forgiven. And what did that lead to? 
It led to hanky-panky. So what did God say when he saw that? He quotes from Cain and Hevel after the murder, La Pesa Chatos Rovets. Be careful, because sin crouches at the door. The Sotan, my Omar. And, and it's no wonder that men sin, because sin lies at the door. Meaning that God takes a very magnanimous view of what took place. He says, what do you expect? You have men and women hanging around, even if it's Yom Kippur night. And hanky-panky is going to happen because that is the nature of the human soul. La petas chatas rovet. It wasn't an instruction. It's a warning. I'm telling you that at the, at, at, as the Balatanya says, at the seat between the right and the left heart, the chambers of the heart between the Yetzir Tov and the Yetzir Hara, there's a little zvuv, there's a little... There's a little mite, there's a little bumblebee called the Yetzirah, and he's just waiting to sway you. My Omar. So then he says, and what did the Satan say? Omar le Satan, biyumati kibur let le astune. Actually, he was out to lunch. He has one day off in the year. What do you mean he has one day off in the year? Hasatan begematria tof lamed tof. Because the letters of the Satan... Sin tet nun is the value of 364. So he's on the job for 364 days. And the 365th day, which is Yom Kippur, he has no license to prosecute. It's an amazing piece of Gomorrah. God is coming to our defense and says, you know, Eliyahu, what do you expect? I mean, petas chatas rovitz. And then he says, and what about the Sotan? The Sotan being the gods Midas Hadin in many texts. And what is it? Well, he has the day off. He has the day off. So what is so enigmatic is that this idea of staying up through the night of Yom Kippur has special significance beyond the Tebes Mikdosh. It's not just about the Kohen Gadol. And it's not just about the Yakire Yerushalayim, the Hoi Poloi, the big Rosh Hashivas of Jerusalem. But Abba Shor tells us that even the countryside... The country bumpkins would do so. Zechel Mikdosh. Interesting. Zechel Mikdosh. No longer is there a Kohen Godel. It's 400 years later. So it's a Zechel Mikdosh. We do stuff in our rituals in commemoration, of, not to forget the Beis Mikdosh. And this is what they would do. They would stay up all night singing praises to God. But then Abba Shul says, well, you know what happened as a result of it? They used to sin. And what might that sin have been? It could have been lush and horror, could have been eating something. No, no, it was the sin that occurs to everyone. That is the hanky-panky. And it's not insignificant that Eliyahu, who is present at every bris, who is the prophet of redemption, uh, represents the aspirations of the Jewish people for the Mashiach and answers why the Mashiach hasn't come, welcoming a newborn into the Brit, the personal covenant with God, both there and at every Seder night Eliyahu comes, he's the one that we look to for national redemption. He should appear on Yom Kippur to herald the coming of Mashiach. On the day of the atonement, our sins are forgiven. And so when the sins are forgiven as the Klal, he shouldn't tarry. He should come on Yom Kippur. The sins have been forgiven. Eliyahu, come on, bring him in. And he explains why it's not the case. How many virgins were embraced in Nahardia? Nahardia was the place 
Pumpadisa Nardi were the two great Oxford and Cambridge of Talmud in Bovel. And he uses a most extreme example to highlight the ongoing sins of the Jewish people. Sin often hides underneath the cloak of piety and learning and steiging. It is the rare person who can stay up at night devoting his time to Torah study and tshuva. For the rest, it is better to go to sleep than risk sinning. And that's actually brought down uh, in the halacha. And what about God? What does God say about all those sinning? In a message that should give us all hope, he says, La petach chatos rovets. That is, that is, for me, a message of hope. He, he, God understands that we sin. And it was he who implanted in us the evil inclination. The evil inclination then is powerful and unrelenting. And so I went to the Hasidic masters to give me some kind of uh, hope <laughs> and found the Kedushas Levi who says on this Gemara, on this particular Gemara, the Kedushas Levi, Reb Levi Yitzhak Mibadirchev, the oldest of the Talmidim of the Magad of Mezrich, the youngest being the Alter Rebbe of Chabad, the oldest of the Talmidim, who supported Rabbeinu Reb Nachman when other people were attacking him. Levi Yitzhak ben Sora Sasha. Om nam biu hadvaram she mare lonu Torah kedosha, ma she ike she alto hayorak leinyan avodas Hashem, umelam dedes Torah zeinu kedosha, He's saying we have to make that Gemara in Yuma 19 relevant to our Avodas Hashem. And the Torah, the Gemara is teaching us how, although not only inferentially, not directly, I mean, this is a story in the Gemara, it's a piece of Agadita, but the but the Kedusha Slevi is telling us, it's showing us, he's going to show us how. It's telling us something about our own spiritual roadmap. Referring to Homon in Book of Esther. Rev. Levi Yitzchak knows that Sotan very intimately. A tzaddik isn't someone who lacks the Sotan, lacks the Yetzirah. He knows the Yetzirah from the inside out, as, as our Rebbe, the hidden Rebbe of our shul, used to tell us. Jeff Osias, Oliver Sholem, used to say, you have to kiss the Yetzirah on the lips. You have to really know your Yetzirah. You have to know that inner addict. You can't just run away to the base medrash. He'll come running after you. He doesn't let up. That's the Satan. Don't think that he's out there, up there with God. He's the Yetzirah in between the two chambers of your heart. But who are Malachamoves? I think that's just an amazing. The inner Satan within us, the person in our personality that desires to do each of us harm, the addict within us, who yorate, he descends to entrap us. Then he goes up to the based in upstairs, Umakatrik, and he is the district attorney. And then comes down to destroy us. He is the destroyer. So he's going up and down and up and down. He's the tittle-tattler. He's the district attorney. And then he's the jury. And he then is the, the man with the scythe, the black man with the scythe. And not only that, I want you to know how clever he is. 
Tachpulos. He engages in a lot of scheming, this late Yetzirah. Echod lefi madregoso. Each according to his madrega. The higher the madrega of the person, the more subtle the scheming of the Yetzirah. And it's not, this is time for him and this is time. No, no. Every minute and every moment. This is what this Gemara is coming to teach us. Dov o rev hu. Ve'edo nosein ha'adam menuchas chaye achas. Only someone who's had dealings with his own Yetahara can tell you this as a testament. The Rebbe, the Kedusha Slavi, tells us he doesn't give us a minute of rest. Theafilu kimat riga. Not even a, a, a smidgen of a minute. Below zu. And not only that, now the punchline, Bechol Yemos Hashona. Ela af zu she'afilu biyom ha-kipurim, she'hu yom slicho mechila v'kapora. And then comes the Kedushas Levi to hammer home the point that even on Yom Kippur, the day of Kedusha, slicha mechila and kapara, everything is forgiven. Az ra'ui la'odom le'it orer b'tshuva shleva kol avonosov, a day that is auspicious for a person to be forgiven for all his sins. It's ra'ui. It's 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 uh, yom segula. It is an auspicious time to receive all of this. Remember, the Gemara says it's the yom that's mechaper. It's not you that's doing the kapara. This isn't about you. It's us going through yom kippur. Yom Kippur waves through us, washes through us, and forgives us. And that arouses us to do this kind of returning. Afilu gam oz. Even then, dov orev la'odam. That wild bear comes after us. And traps us in his net. It's good time for you. This is a pretty good time to sin. Ki because you have nothing to fear. Why? The Sotan is off duty today. It's day 365. He's off call. He's up. He's out to lunch. You have nothing to fear. As he says in the Gemara, I don't have permission to bring a district attorney's brief, an indictment. And that's what the Tana says. I mean, it doesn't make sense. Why would he ask what the Sotan is doing if the Sotan is off that day? Why is he asking that? So the Kedusha Slavi, a beautiful knech, a chiddush on that piece of Gemara says, So on that day he's off duty, then what's he doing? He's telling Man, I'm off duty. It's brought in the Gemara that it's 364 days. Okay, so he's off duty. What's your what? So ignore him. He's out to lunch. No, no, no. He's telling, he's sending us an email. By the way, tomorrow, I'm off duty. You could do whatever you want. Nothing will happen. Hayom, yom akipurim, ashe yishma lo adam lachta biyom, ayom menorah kazer. Hayno hasotan. He tells man, I have no rishus to bring you any indictments. 
That's the punchline. Gambazer, that is, the point of the Gemara is that even here, when the Satan is telling you, I have got no rain on you, that is the greatest challenge. Meaning it's not about the rules of engagement. It's not about when the court is in session. It's all about you and how you deal with that inner enemy of yours. So I started with the negative, so I want to end up with the positive. In Hazinu, it says, Kinesha Yoyer Alkino, like an eagle who rouses his nestlings, Yerachev Yifros, gliding down to his young, Kenofov Yikocheu, so did he, God, spread his wings, Yisoeu Al Evroso, and bear him along on his pinions. Kinesha Yoyer Kino. And so, the Mechilta says, Derech Nesher, it's the nature of a bird of prey, Laredes Me'ofef Albonov, Beknafav, to carry his children on his wings, Kedeshelo Yu Mibatin, so that they don't get attacked. So when God came to give Torah to Israel, we're told in Hazinu, Vo'esso Eschem Al when he tells them after taking them out of Egypt, Rabbi Eleza says that's Har Sinai. What does it mean, Kanfeinasharim? What does that mean, Kanfeinasharim? Wings of the eagle. Mashmin et ozin mayicholon mishmo. He says as follows It's Derech Neshelaredes, Kadeshelo Yumivatim. So what it happens is that. Normally, other birds will hold their children on their wings. But the, the eagle, because no one can fly higher than him, he has no fear of predators. So he is able, in this metaphor, to carry his children on top of his wings. He's not afraid of anyone who is stronger than him. He then puts it on his wings. So the Chuas Chain says that a person is created Yachid, Yudke Vovke, and Elokim. That it's important for a person to understand that his purpose in life is to be Meyachid, Yudke Vovke, and Elokim. Those are technical terms in Kabbalah. What does it mean in reality? So the Maori 9 tells us what that means. In the Haftorah yesterday from Hosea 14, it says, Shuva Yisrael Ad Hashem Elokech. I want you to return Ad. It uses both words, Hashem and Elokecho. Why both? Ki kashal because you have been trapped in your sin. So Chazal say in Yuma 86, Tshuva is so a, a great that it reaches even the throne of heaven. The kavana of these psukim, According to the Morinaim is Shehaish Hayisraeli, Sherifa Yodov Midivri Torah. He has to do tshuva because he has washed his hands from Torah, Shehu Shorish Nishmoso. So he's now disconnected from the source of his Nishama, which is Torah. Vahuha Emtsai, Torah being that intermediary logos that semi-divine kind of intermediary between the infinite divine and the finite human. It's that kind of, the true word is logos, right? The davar, the logos. Bereshis baralakim. In the beginning, God created the logos. Before he created the physical world, 
That's the emtsai lahaviu lios memadregas mishkan labora. It is the intermediary that allows man who is finite to be a mishkan, a kind of resting place, a dwelling place for the divine. Lios nikra Hashem elokov. The function is to unite the Hashem with the Elohim. Now he's going to take it in a very, very subtle way, which is what? As long as he hasn't made him a Mishkan, meaning in psychological terms for me, he hasn't actually internalized the spirituality that's within him. He hasn't internalized the divine, made it a Mishkan for himself. He hasn't struggled with that divine spark to internalize it. Nikra habore borachu Hashem. He's called Hashem, I believe. I learn every do. I do my dafyomi. I do my mitzvahs. I've done, I'm doing, 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 but I haven't yet internalized it. Then, yes, he's Hashem, of course. We believe. Transcendental divine. But it's hard for me to say, the Morinayim, he isn't yet his God. His God, Elokov. Remember the Posuk says, Shuvo Yisrael ad Hashem Elokecho. Part of it is not a description of God. I want you to return ad Hashem so that he becomes Elokecho. He becomes internalized within you. That spark of the becomes manifest within your body. He's not his God. He's not constricted from that infinite into himself. But by coming back to Torah, this isn't the Torah of didactic Torah. This isn't the Torah of steiging. This is not the Torah of intellectual understanding, clearly. Sheshov Latoro, he comes to that Logos. He surrenders to that divine spark within him. That's what he means by Shov Latoro, the Emtsai, that intermediary, Shoresh Achizas Nishmoso, which is the source of his soul, Bala Madrega Ad Shenikra Hashem Elokov Mamish. And the Jewish Chain picks up on that and says, the purpose of a person is Leyached Yudke Vovke. And Elohim. So when we say every time we do a mitzvah, since the Arizal, at least Hasidim do, L'shem yichud kutcher brichu shchinte, before I do a mitzvah, I'm doing this mitzvah because it's a mitzvah, fine, that's Hashem. But to unite the Hashem Elokov means to take this mitzvah that I'm doing, including fasting, including Whatever we're doing on the ninth day today, everything we do today counts towards tomorrow. It's a, it's a Gemara. And however much we eat today accounts for tomorrow's fasting. If I'm doing it, meaning I'm doing it not because it's a mitzvah, but I'm doing it because I want to connect to the Elohim, the Elokecho, to make it mine. That's Yichud Yudke Vavke Elohim. Hamtik HaGevuros, that sweetens the Gevurot. That Yichud somehow sweetens the Yetzahora, the Sotan that's standing between the two chambers of the heart. And I think that that is the message that the Tochachas Musa teaching us from this enigmatic Gemara 
through the Kedushas lady that sounded very much like Musa, but ended up being this biggest gift to us that's telling us that the Sotan is off the, off the hook, but you're not off the hook. Because he's telling you that that's part of his scheme. You're not off that hook. You're in the holiest day and you think it's all going to be good. He's sitting there between the hearts. But the Mori Naim is teaching us something very profound. The mitukadin, the sweetening of the din, which is his job. His job is to meet out the dinim. The sweetening is that, is to understand that everything we do has to be connected inside, not just on the externalities. It's not the chitzonius that counts. That is the Kabbalistic and the Hasidic revolution. That it has to de- you have to develop this notion of interiority, this notion of space within, which requires meditation and journaling and poetry and music, above all. To open the heart, the bleeding heart, the Kotzka says that God can only come into a broken heart. It is the broken-heartedness that the Abishter wants. May we all have this yontav of Yom Kippur. We should all have a kapara and a slicha. And remember, it is a time for memorial. We make use of this time for Yizka, for those who have died, who are close to us, for those who have died through this magefa that we are going through, and for those of our ancestors who we memorialize, both teachers and genetic ancestors who have made us who we are. May we all be zochet to a wonderful year, a gewaldiger yonta for everybody, a kasiva v'chasimatova and a gemachasimatova.